Me and my girlfriend Kylie decided to buy an apartment together. She was looking on Craigslist and saw a really luxury penthouse apartment for only $300 a month. It was really nice and it looked over the city, had really nice bedding and a big bathtub, just everyone's dream apartment. Kylie calls a man and he said he's happy to show her the apartment and she said, me and my boyfriend are on our way. What's weird is the man on the phone was like, oh, um, alright, I didn't know you were having people come with you. Kylie says to me that we should just see what it looks like and just leave. I agreed and wait outside the apartment. It was really rusty looking and had tall grass around it. We looked at the ad and both looked at each other as we saw a greasy looking man come up to us and he had a white tank top on and tan shorts with a rusty beard and braided hair. Kylie and I were kind of looking at each other in disgust. He pointed his finger at me and said, You stay downstairs young man. For me, being from Canada and being young, I have never witnessed anything like this in my life. Now I should say, Kylie's from Australia and she's pretty tough, so this man had tried anything she would kick his ass. I waited downstairs and I heard a faint scream coming from the basement. I didn't think much of it as I thought it was just a kid outside. Then I heard it again and decided to call the police and told them what was going on. They came after 20 minutes and Kylie pulls me outside and says she's not going to get this place at all. I told her about the screams in the basement. The man was arrested and wanted in another state and the screaming downstairs came from a woman named Stephanie who was interested in the apartment which in reality Kylie said it was a really dirty house with women's clothing everywhere. I now know to never search stuff on Craigslist again. Me and Kylie now live in a really nice rent to own home in Oregon County and all I have to say is don't always believe what you see on Craigslist. So this happened a few years ago and I just recently remembered it. For a little background, I am a 20 year old female from Germany. When I was 17, I was in a long distance relationship and was desperate for some extra cash because I spent most of my pocket money on train tickets to see my boyfriend. So I put up a babysitting ad on the German equivalent of Craigslist. Soon I got a call, not an hour after putting up the ad. I was greeted by the voice of a man. The conversation started off innocently enough with him telling me that he had an 8 year old and needed someone to watch him after school as both of him and his wife were working full time. I expected him to ask me about my experience with kids or something to that effect, but instead he went on to tell me that his son could be a little difficult. I told him I didn't mind and that I'd find a way to deal with it. Would you hit him if he's being naughty? I was taken aback by this question. I'm very against violence against children, even spanking is child abuse in my eyes. I told the man that and that I'd do my best to find a non-violent way to deal with his problems. But what if he was hitting you, would you hit back? I replied to him with a firm no. At this point I started to feel angry, as it dawned on me that this was obviously a common occurrence for this child to be hit. He kept on throwing scenarios at me and asked if I would discipline his son in that situation, and that his old babysitter apparently frequently spanked him. I eventually told him, as politely as I could, that if a parent chooses to use spanking as a form of punishment, that was either their business, but as a babysitter, I had no right to hit a child. He was silent for a while, then asked me if I would bathe his son. I honestly don't remember what my exact response was, but it definitely wasn't yes. He went on explaining that his son was supposed to take a bath every Thursday and that he hated taking baths. He wanted to know how I would make him get in the bathtub and if I would strip him naked. At this point, red flags came up. I dodged the question as best I could and said something to the effect of, 
Things like this are a parent's job, not a babysitter's, and that the parent should make him take his baths in the evening after work, but he kept pressing, asking things of an obscene nature, if I'd wrestle his son naked, etc. I just kept saying no until he eventually called me back. I removed my phone number from the ad immediately, and told people to contact me via email instead. I also got a new phone number, for reasons unrelated to this unsettling phone call. So luckily, I never heard from him again. I just hoped his son, if he actually had one, which I honestly doubt, is just okay. Again, like my other posts, I'm no writer or storyteller, so please bear with me. I have a very stable job, and a very good one at that. But sometimes you need a little extra money, right? I'm currently moving into a newer, bigger, and nicer apartment, so I've been putting down payments and using money to move. By no means am I broke, but it's always nice to earn some extra cash. I thought of selling some clothes that I never actually wear. I've already donated a lot of older clothes to the Salvation Army, but for the clothes I never wore and that are worth some good cash, I decided to sell them over Craigslist and the Let Go app. The Let Go app has never failed me. Craigslist, well, I've never tried it before, but my friends have had some great experiences. I was trying to sell a very cute short sleeve black and white flower dress for $12. I put my number down so I could just talk to people directly, since I don't use my email very often. Side note, I posted a picture of me in the dress that my friend took, not showing face and with a blank white wall background behind me. I got a text a couple hours after I posted the dress. Here's how the conversation went. Hey, I saw your dress on sale. Is it still available? Yes, it is. It's kind of hard to see the dress in the picture you have posted. Do you have any more pictures of you in the dress? I've sent a picture of the dress on a hanger. One picture close up for detail and one to see the full dress. I asked for pictures with it on. I'll just look at the ad tomorrow. I never responded back. It was very alarming to have someone talk to me like that. Why would someone want to see the dress on? Uh, I mean, I guess I understand, but really? Two days later, I got a weird phone call at 7.05 a.m. By the way, this was my day off, and I usually keep my ringer on because I'm always on call. To see that it wasn't work and an unknown caller, I was pretty pissed, so I just let it ring. They called again right after. I sighed and cleared my throat to answer. Hello? A raspy, gargled man's voice answered back to me. Yes, hello. Are you the one selling the dress? I am, yes. I'm calling for my wife. I have some questions. In my head, I was wondering what he was talking about, but I decided to go with it. My name is Mark. And yours? I give him my name, but he fails many times, and almost made me think that I was being prank called. It was pretty frustrating because I told him and spelt my name about 20 times. We get over introductions, and he gets into the questioning phase. Is it a thick dress? It is. 
can this be worn as a fancy dinner dress? It can be. You can dress it casual or all dressed up. Okay. How tall are you? I'm five foot three. Okay, so my wife's pretty short and around your height. Do you wear a bra with the dress? Uh, she can wear it with or without. Mark continues to push if I've ever worn a bra with the dress. I start to get short with my answers. Where are you right now? I feel like I've just woken you up. I decided to lie to cover myself. Yeah, I'm at a friend's currently. A girlfriend's? A friend's. I'm just not home, okay? But did you sleep in the same bed as her? Can we move on? I'm not home right now. His phone cuts out and he calls back a minute later. Sorry, my phone died. So anyways, what size cup are you? Uh, excuse me, I, I don't really feel comfortable answering that. B or C? You look big-breasted, very gifted. My wife has an ass, do you? I don't want to answer this. You're making me uncomfortable. I'm going to hang up. But does this dress ride up your back? When you walk, does it show your ass? I hung up. He decided to call me over and over, and it's not like he can block his number because his number was unknown. By the 20th call, I answered him to tell him off. Listen, I don't feel like... You know, I know where you live. I want that dress. I hung up and cried. I didn't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I would understand if a guy wants a dress for his own pleasure, sexual or not, but at least tell me and not act like his wife needs one. Does he even have a wife? Why couldn't she call me herself? I don't know. I have so many questions. I'm legit scared and this number just won't stop calling me. I even got an email that's not related to this about a guy named Mr. Anonymous asking for smelly old flats. Is this normal for Craigslist? I am a 25 year old guy. This happened 4 years ago. It's still unresolved if you'd like to call it that. This Friday night, I had gotten off work around 5.30pm and was ready to make plans for the night. I was recently single and with asking readers not to judge, I had made up for lost time. I had met a few new girls, but most other single girls I knew didn't think my breakup was for real because my girlfriend and I had been together for such a long time. As the type to stay away from clubs, I began exploring online dating. While at home, I start looking at girls near me on POF. For some reason, that night I really wanted to be in the company of a woman, and the hour I'd spent with no suitable response began to wear my patience down. I eventually looked on Craigslist and posted personal ads. Now, I know Craigslist is not the best place to meet people, but at this point I was thinking with the other head if you know what I mean. I went out for an hour or two, and when I returned I noticed that I had some responses to my ad. Mostly spam, obvious escorts and a catfish. I may have been desperate, but I wanted someone I felt comfortable with, on a friend and personal level. After weeding out, I saw one response that looked legit. I could tell she'd read the ad, and it was an actual written response. She even included a few pics, which all of them she looked normal. She was cute, but didn't look like a model from a magazine or anything like that. They just looked like selfies she took herself. In hindsight, there was something about this that I didn't catch at first, which is important to the rest of the story. 
I use a dummy email for Craigslist, and I've set it up so that pictures don't download automatically. I learned my lesson after posting an ad for a table and getting a dick pic. However, these pics showed up right away as soon as I opened the email. This will tie in later. After some back and forth, I decide I'll come over. She gives me the address and I see that it's an apartment building. Even better as I'm always thinking of safety. I didn't want to go inside an actual home. I get there and email that I'm outside and just give me the exact building and apartment number. She tells me to walk outside and walk to the courtyard so she can make sure that I am who I say I am. Understandable. I said I was 5 foot 11. It would be scary on her end if someone 6 foot 5 was out there. After seeing that it was truly me, she says she has to tell me something. I'm thinking the worst here and I start to think of what it could be. Then she tells me, I'm really a man, I'm sorry. Now I'm pissed, but that washes over immediately as I feel played. I'm prepared to take my loss and quickly head back to my car when I got more emails. He tells me to come in and that he can give me money or cook or have drinks or whatever. He sounds like he just really wants a company, but I'm sorry, but I'm just not chilling with some guy. He then sends me the last email that simply says, $200, two hours, no touching, no sex. It catches my eyes and I walk up to his door, stupid I know, but at this point I'm thinking I'll just take his $200, maybe knock over some of his things for tricking me and just leave. My better judgement gets the best of me thankfully and I'm about 5 feet from his door and I turn around and leave. I decided this was a sign that I needed just to stay at home for the night. I stopped at 7-Eleven to grab a beer. I get back in my car and start reading through Facebook. All of a sudden I get a Facebook message from someone I didn't know who I can tell is a fake profile saying, sorry, can you please come back? I get upset of the nerve of this guy and then the air escapes from my throat. How on earth did he get my personal Facebook? I used a fake email that has no ties whatsoever to my real name. I message him back, leave me alone, I apologise but I'm not interested. The man then threatened me by saying something along the lines of, you should listen, then said my name, of my job. It was listed on my Facebook, but it was my first ever camp job before college, so it really didn't mean much. I told the man, either stop or I'm coming back with some help to make you stop. I didn't get any more messages after that. I deleted the Facebook messages, deleted my email account and went home. Two days later, I'm on my computer, when again I get a Facebook message from the guy that says, Black shirt. I don't even begin to give the time of day to decipher that and delete the message. I block the man. Ten seconds later, I come to the realisation that I'm wearing a black v-neck. I look at the window as if I'm suspecting someone to be peering inside, when I remember I'm on the 11th floor of a high-rise building. There's only one way in, and the door has a strong deadbolt lock. Whenever I come in, I quickly close the door and lock the door due to my pets, so I knew there was nobody physically in my place with me. I'm startled, but I brush it off as a scare tactic. I bet like 6 in 10 guys right now are wearing a black t-shirt. The man just seemed like a lonely troll, and I'm sure he was doing this to everyone who felt trapped in his Craigslist scheme. I closed my computer down and went on with my day. Two days later, I'm sitting back at my computer as usual, when once again the guy messages me. I already know it's going to be some nonsense. So I'm going to do a marker's read slash delete thing, so he can't see that I've read it. I see the partial message that says, black and red robe. I literally scoot in my chair back and stare at my computer. Right behind me, I'm sure reflecting in my screen if the light would have hit it correctly, sat a glow with black water and red land. A friend got it from me because it was different. I understood it right away. This man could access my webcam. I then thought back to my original email. He penetrated through my firewall and he somehow tied my fake email to my real name. I am pretty good with computers, 
but I am the first to take note when I am dealing with someone who is a genius with computers. This man gave off every vibe that he knew what he was doing in the computing world, and maybe even the hacking world. I slam it shut and pace around the room, mumbling to myself that I had been so careless to get in a position like this. I run to a drawer and scramble for the black electrical tape. I find some and place it over the cam. I am officially freaked out at this point. I am not a tough guy by any means, and I hold my own in most situations, but I felt out of control. I delete my Facebook and every social media account as well. I spend the next 10 minutes privatising my online presence and cleaning out my computer. I keep the tape on and try to get on with my week. Two days later I come home from work around 6pm. I come in and close the door and greet my pets. I see a white piece of paper that was slid under my door. This usually either meant maintenance had a project going on, or we were late on rent, or the elevators were broken. We got a lot of those elevator letters. I pick it up and place it on the table as I get my dog to stop jumping on me and put my bag down. I pick up the note and it says, Blue Doormat. To give you some background, during my drunken escapade, my ex and I brought a bright blue doormat that we were both 100% certain was green and would match the green carpet outside our door. We then sobered up the next morning and we realised how off we were and decided to keep it as a joke. This man had been inside my building and at my door. The thing is, it was a big building. You would need to know the building number, address, floor number and apartment number. My dog wasn't going crazy, but I ran into the kitchen and grabbed the knife. I swung the main closet doors open, nothing. I ran into the bedroom and swung the closet doors open, once again nothing. I raced in the bathroom and opened the shower curtain, nothing. The man had not been inside, but he had been close enough. I'm not the type to call the police, but I felt that I didn't know what to do. After sleeping on it, I called 911 the next day and ask for a non-emergency. After a hold, I'm connected to a lady and tell her what's going on. She says she can't do anything, but gives me the number of the police of the city where the man lived. I call and speak to an officer, and basically tell him that I'm not trying to press charges or anything, but can someone please go over there and scare him or something. I could tell the cops wanted nothing to do with me, but I kept his ear, probably because he could hear a rational young man basically pleading with him to help. He said he would send someone out there. I get a call a few hours later from the station, the cop I spoke to before says that there was no answer at the door. He told me that he went to speak with the leasing officer and the sales manager and the only person who lived there was an old lady who had been there forever. I froze for a moment. The guy wasn't even at that apartment when I came there. I started to think, was he in a different apartment? Was he waiting in a car, behind a tree or somewhere in the courtyard? I personally think he was somewhere inside a neighbouring apartment just watching. However, I had never felt so careless. The cop told me to reactivate my account and just wait for another message. I did that for a month or so before shutting it down for good, before making another one. I just felt more comfortable that way. I never had another encounter, and I've since moved and gotten a new computer. I got the courage to go up to that apartment twice. The first time I didn't get a response when I knocked. The second time I was greeted with an older lady, similar to what the cop had told me. I told her what happened and she assured me she had no sons or nephews or anything like that. She left me with a lecture telling me to be safe. That was four years ago, I'm 25 now, and to look back at my 21 year old self, I would never even consider meeting someone online like that now. Please, if it seems sketchy, it is sketchy. When I was 21, I transferred to a college in San Francisco. I checked out a room for rent on Craigslist. It was a really nice two-bedroom apartment. 
It was cheap rent and close to campus, so it was the ideal spot. The girl who lived there was 29, and her name was Beth. She was tall and wide, and she had jet black hair and wore pale makeup. She seemed nice, although a little bit quiet. But she seemed to like me a lot, and agreed to let me move in. So far, so good. My first night there, we went out for pizza. And that's when I could tell that something was a little bit off with her. Throughout dinner, she kept telling me how much I looked like Shia LaBeouf. I didn't know what to say, so I just shrugged it off with a thanks. I mean, I looked nothing like him, so it just didn't make any sense to me. When we get back home, she asked if I had seen her room yet. I said no, and she took me to go see it. Her walls were covered in posters of Shia LaBeouf. She even had printed out photos of him all over her mirror. She owned all of his movies. I didn't know what to make of it. It was pretty creepy. The whole night she had been saying I look like him, and now it's obvious to me that she's obsessed with the guy. A few weeks passed, and I never really saw her that much. We didn't spend any time together, really. She would come home from work and practically run to her room. She would spend the whole night in there. She had this really creepy high-pitched giggle, and I would hear her giggling through the walls at night. I would wonder what the hell she could possibly be doing. Occasionally, she would come out and talk for about two minutes, and she would always be slurring her words. I suspected she was drinking heavily. Sometimes, she wouldn't even say anything, and she would just stand in the hallway and watch me in the living room. I would turn and see her, be surprised, and say, Hello, Beth. Then there would be this long, awkward pause, and she would give out her creepy, high-pitched giggle. It was uncomfortable being around her. She always gave me the chills. One night I woke up around 2 a.m. because I heard what sounded like the front door being unlocked. I came out of my bedroom, and all the lights were off, but I could still see Beth standing at the front door. She had her face against it, and she was turning the lock back and forth over and over again. Every time she turned the bolt, she mumbled my name. Seeing her standing in the dark and mumbling my name really freaked me out. It doesn't help that she kind of looks like a bigger version of the girl from the ring. I quietly went back to my room and tried to go to sleep. One night I was watching Gladiator when she stumbled out of her room and turned on the living room light, forcing me to pause the movie, which was a bit annoying. She then asked me if I wanted to hear a story about her ex-boyfriend. It was an uneasy segue into the topic but I just said sure and then awkwardly sat back to listen to her. Ten minutes into her story, she was so riled up. She was screaming at the top of her lungs about their breakup. I was worried that the neighbors were going to call the cops, and she wasn't listening to me when I was asking her to lower her volume. Amidst all her screaming, one thing she said really freaked me out. She was in such a fit, and she yelled, I'll slit his fucking throat. That was a big game changer. I suddenly had no idea what this woman was capable of. I realized she was practically a stranger, and everything I had seen was becoming alarmingly disturbing. After a few more minutes, she told me thanks for listening and started doing her weird giggle. I got out of there pretty fast and went to my room to go to sleep. I had a pretty unsettled feeling about being in the house with her, and what's worse is that there's no lock on my bedroom door. 
I pushed the edge of my dresser in front of it to act as sort of a little barricade. I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of my dresser scraping across the floor. Beth was pushing the door open. I turned on my light, shouting at her to stop. I could see her through the opening of the door. She was so drunk and had this insane look in her eyes. I pushed the door closed and yelled at her to go to bed. I could hear her walk back to her room, but I could never fall back asleep. The next morning when I went out into the hallway, my heart dropped. I saw one of her steak knives was on the floor by my door. I got goosebumps all over my arms. All I could think about was her saying she would slit that guy's throat. I confronted her about it and she told me she didn't even remember trying to push my door open. She said she didn't even remember telling me about her ex. I'd had enough. My lease was month to month, so I found a new spot and moved out. About a month after I moved out, she contacted me. I was at the movies and my phone was off. When I got out, I turned my phone on and to my shock I received 40 plus text messages that she had sent me over the past two hours. They were all just insane texts that ranged from everything between hi how are you to I fucking hate you. It was insane. I didn't respond and I never heard from her again. I always wonder if I hadn't set my dresser in front of my door, would she have quietly come into my room and slit my throat? It always freaks me out. I am a mobile user, so you know the drill. This may get a bit long. This happened four years ago when I was in college. It was around 2am at a friend's parents house, who were very laid back and that's an understatement. Myself, my cousin and his girlfriend at the time Holly were snoozing in the living room. A phone goes off and wakes up Ted and I see it's Holly's phone. Holly's in a deep, pot-induced coma so we ignore it and go back to sleep. The phone continues to ring, so Ted finally answers it. They have never been shy of looking into each other's phones, but don't abuse the privilege. He says hello a few times, before Amal asks for Holly. Ted immediately hung up and got suspicious as to why Amal was calling Holly at 2am. He goes through her phone while I'm in the bathroom. While washing my hand, Ted knocks on the door saying, Hey, we need to take her home, now. So I dry my hands, and he wakes her up, and we all get in my car and drive off to her part of town. Holly keeps asking Ted what's wrong and what's going on. Ted finally blew up about the call. Emails he found in her phone proving she had been prostituting herself on Craigslist again. Again? And that he was done. I'm as quiet as a crypt keeper as she's bawling her eyes out and losing her shit trying to explain. We wait to get to her house before he can even fully stop the car and he tells her to get the fuck out and to lose his number. She goes inside in a snotty mess and we leave. When we pull up to his house, we sit inside my car for a while, talking about what just happened and giving him time to vent and tell me that this isn't the first time they've dealt with this. Out of nowhere, a black town car pulls up right next to us and Ted says, Ah oh, crap. Three people, two men and an older woman get out and surround the car. I can see that the youngster of the two men has a firearm. The woman goes to Ted's side, yelling for him to get out of the car and take his ass whooping like a man. I start freaking out asking who these people are and the woman starts trying to yank my doors open and punch my windows. Ted says it's Holly's mum, her stepdad and her cousin. 
When his mum punched the window for the third time, I noticed his cousin laying his hand near his firearm, so flight one, and I immediately put the car in reverse and drove backwards down the street to get away. I slid into a person's yard. I've since apologised and compensated for the damage. And as we took off, I saw them run into their car and give chase. I had never been so panicked in my life. We were flying down regular roadways at 50 or 60 miles an hour. I'm running red lights, taking last minute turns. I must have burned all the treads off my tyres because my car skidded a good handful of times. They chased us for 22 minutes, while the whole time I was praying, where the fuck is the cop when you need one? When we got to a quiet neighbourhood I knew well, we turned down a street heavily covered in trees and Ted said, turn your lights off and stay on the brake. I do as I'm told and roll down the street slowly. I stared into my rearview mirror and we saw them drive past the road that we were on, very slowly but thankfully they didn't see us. When we were sure we lost them, I parked and started yelling at Ted, asking why they were chasing us and what was going on. As I'm having my panic attack, his phone rings and it's the mum. He answers and they say they want to meet to talk and get Holly's phone back. In the heat of everything, idiot Ted forgot to give Holly her phone back. I said I'm not meeting them without a cop present, so we tell them to meet at a local gas station that we know cops monitor frequently. When we finally get there, thankfully there was an officer on duty. They arrived two minutes after we did, and Ted got out to deal with them in plain view of the cop and the camera outside the gas station. I noticed the cousin was not in the car when they pulled up. I couldn't make out everything that was said, but Ted handed her the phone. They talked for about 15 minutes with her flailing her hands, getting in his face and even pointed at the cop in what looked like she was going to say something to them. When it was over, he got back and we drove off. So when we dropped Holly off, she walked in her house crying. Her family immediately asked what was wrong, and Holly wouldn't say anything, just cried. So in their minds they jumped to conclusions that Ted hit her. She didn't even try and correct them. When he tried to show her mum her ways, she completely swept it under the rug, and tried to make him the reason for it all. I told him he was better off without that crazy, and he dodged a bullet. The next week was spring break, so we took a much needed trip to Colorado. Before I begin the story, I'd just like to say that I live in a big college town, so posting or responding to Craigslist ads looking for roommates is completely normal. This takes place last Thursday night. My best friend Katie was looking for a roommate as she lived with her mum and wanted to move out as soon as possible. She posted an ad on Craigslist looking for a one bedroom or a room for rent with roommates. A guy about our age, 22, texted her telling her that he and his girlfriend were about to have a room for rent in their town home as their other roommate was moving out. Excited and surprised at the affordability, Katie agreed to meet him and check the place out. Since she's not an idiot, she brought our good friend Damon with her. They met this guy and neighbours, and Katie decided that she really liked him and the place, but needed to get another opinion. Later that night, Katie called me and asked me if I wanted to go back over there to meet the guy. She told me how cool he was and how much we all had in common. I agreed. I texted my boyfriend, who was at work at the time, to let him know where I'd be just in case. We arrive at the apartment, and I'm instantly drawn to this guy. He had great energy and was all over sweet. His girlfriend worked over the street and came over for a few minutes on her break. She was all very sweet and I recognised her as one of my friend's sisters. She went back to work and we continued talking and laughing with the guy and his neighbours. The guy had made a comment about him and his girlfriend and how they used to be into orgies and things like that. Katie and I, however, are not into such things. We left around 3am and I could go pick up my boyfriend from work. 
The next night, Katie asked me if I wanted to go back over there and hang out, have a few drinks, and get to know his girlfriend a little better. Once again, I agreed. It was just the four of us this time, and we were all taking a few shops, and had a couple of mixed drinks. His girlfriend has anxiety like Katie, and ended up having a horrible, drunken panic attack. We left shortly after, as it was a bit much to handle, and didn't think much of it. Now, Katie's favourite movie is Harry Potter. They invited us over on Saturday night to have a Harry Potter marathon, and unfortunately, my boyfriend was at work and he couldn't attend. Everything was completely normal, up until he put the second movie in. Katie and I were sitting on the floor, and his girlfriend came down to join us for some girl talk and whatnot. Later, he came down to join us. Everything was normal for all of 10 seconds, when he decided to lie across all three of us. He started groping Katie, and she started groping me. Katie and I made it clear that this was not okay. Being pinned under the girlfriend, I was not able to get up as she's much bigger than me. She begins to put her hands down my pants and insert her fingers, as I'm trying to get up and telling her to stop. He gets behind his girlfriend and begins to have intercourse with her. Katie and I are trying to stand up, and he finally says, Oh, you're not comfortable with this. We tell him that we were never comfortable with this, and we need to leave. He lays down next to us, and we gather our things, and he begins masturbating. All the while, his girlfriend is trying to pull us back down, and tackles Katie, and begins groping her. We finally break free and run out of the house. The next day, we filled a police report for sexual assault, and we're still waiting to hear from the detective. The moral of the story is, don't look for roommates on Craigslist, and don't trust people because they seem nice. I live in a small village in the very north of Scotland, so large shops and resources are a far distance. For that reason, I usually rely on internet shopping to get me my needs. I needed to buy a backpack for when I leave for university, one better than the one I already have, so I turned to Craigslist as I normally do. As a student, I prefer to go for the cheap option. Craigslist usually provides that. After looking for a short while, I came across a really good looking bag at only 15 pounds and thought it was an absolute steal, so I phoned the seller. Immediately, what struck me was this guy's accent. It was obvious that he wasn't Scottish or even from the UK. He sounded Polish or something European. I'm still not sure. He said he was from Glasgow. That's at least five hours by car from where I live, but when I told him the area I was from, he reluctantly offered to come by my house to give it to me. This all seemed strange, being that the sale was only for 15 pounds. Nonetheless, I foolishly gave him my real address. He said he'd drop by later on that day. Skipping forward about 7 hours to about 10pm, I was thinking that he wasn't going to come after all. But at around 10.20, there was a chap at the door. Surprised that it was so late, I looked out the window round to the front door just to be sure, and sure enough it was a young man standing with a backpack in his hand. Slightly relieved that it wasn't a robber, I went to the door and opened up. It was the guy on the phone for sure. The accent confirmed it. Hey, here it is. I smiled and took out my wallet, taking out 30 pounds because of the trouble he went through to come here and the condition of the bag. He smiled and opened his arms as if he wanted a hug. Being a gay guy, I rarely turned down any hugs, and just assumed it was a cultural thing, 
so I hugged him and he laughed. I was still confused that he came all this way just for 15 pounds, but I didn't find it overly strange. At around midnight, I was finishing another episode of 24 and was just about ready to go to bed. From outside the house, I heard a car door shut. This was really weird for this time of night, and in my area, the nearest house is about a quarter mile away. I rarely see the people that live there. I paused the TV and went over the window to see who it was. I recognized the car as being the same green sedan that man had had. But he wasn't there. Nobody was. It was at that point when I heard the back gate opening. I fucking nearly shit myself. I ran quietly to the kitchen where the back door is, staying low to the ground on the way there to avoid whoever it was seeing me from the kitchen window. I usually don't lock both doors till I go to bed, so both were still unlocked. I grabbed the keys from the counter and quickly locked the door. As I did, I got a fright at the security light turning on in the back garden. It's a motion sensor that turns it on. I looked up to see him again. He had a creepy smile on his face, no teeth showing, just a lip smile. I stood up and shouted, Whoa dude, what the fuck are you doing back there? He said nothing and just continued to smile, looking directly at me. I found myself just staring at him until the situation actually kicked in, and I took the keys from the back door, then bolted to the front to lock it. About halfway to the front door, I heard a window smash in the kitchen. My stomach ached at the fact that he was probably making his way into my house. I made a turn to go up the stairs towards the toilet so I could lock myself in there. While in the toilet, I heard him stumbling and broken glass falling onto the floor. He was in my house. I pulled my phone out of my pocket and quickly dialed 999. I told them of the situation as fast as I could and they told me they'd get officers out to me as soon as possible. The police station was just up from my village, so I knew someone would be here pretty quick. The operator asked me to stay on the phone until someone arrived. I was focused on the man's footsteps, which would slow down and speed up every so often. He eventually walked upstairs and tried to open the bathroom door. When he realized it was locked, he whispered to me, I know you're in there, Cameron. Hearing him say my name in my stomach churn, I screamed. The police are coming. Just back the fuck off, man. After saying that, he started to kick in the door. I backed up against it with more strength than I knew I had. Then in the distance, I heard the sirens and the blue lights reflecting from the bathroom windows. He continued to kick at the door, but then I heard the car doors open outside and fast footsteps. I heard the front door burst open, and then... Police officer with a taser. Drop the knife. Again, I felt sick knowing he had a knife. It sounded as if he started running back downstairs. Then I heard what sounded like a taser firing, and the guy screaming. Then a thump. After he came through, they officially arrested him for attempted murder and trespassing. I pressed charges, but the fact is he won't get any more than seven months in jail. After that, he'll be free to come right back. I'm now trying to sell my house to get out of here as fast as possible.